0: Season sports fan teams up with a millennial. Opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's the report, old report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, a very exciting week in athletics. Despite there being no sports played, as of this recording, we are on the eve of sports as of this recording, at least as far as the four professional sports are concerned, and at least as far as baseball is concerned. We are recording this the night before Major League Baseball is slated for its opening day, a little bit later than it usually is.
1: Just Professor, a touch.
0: Just a touch. Professional sports in general, uh, 135 days or so since we've seen those, or collegiate sports for that matter. But we're finally here. My fingers, and I'm sure fingers of every baseball and sports fan, are crossed as hard as they possibly be for this to last. But let me just ask: We're really going to do this thing? Are we prepared? Can we do this show with sports on the mind? We haven't done it in however many months it's been, four to five. Is this really going to happen? Baseball is happening? Major League Baseball
1: on Thursday. We have climbed from the abyss, Big John, and it's great to have our listeners aboard. As you know and they all know, no one was more critical. No one was more vocal. No one was more angry than the old portion of the report. The old man screaming bloody murder at the owner's about how they were trying to get this season canceled, about how they were doing everything possible to basically nickel and dime the players with offer after offer that was the same offer in in a different language. But the bottom line is we've got 60 games starting tomorrow. We're on the eve. We've climbed our way out of the deepest sports hole of hopefully our lifetimes before and in the future. And although we... Originally thought baseball would have the stage all to itself and they've wasted all this time and they've blown it. Baseball still has the stage all to itself, more limited time. Nonetheless, starting tomorrow, we kick off a season the likes of which we've never seen different rules. Who knows? By the time we finish this show, we may have six more playoff teams in each league. I hope not, you know, with the 11th hour negotiations, but who knows? the way this crapshoot has worked out, man on second, starting in the 10th inning DH in both leagues. I can live with that for a year. I'll probably have to live with it forever. The famed must 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 face three batters uh, for every pitcher, unless it's the end of an inning. I've got to live with that courtesy of, uh, you know, inspector Clouseau, our, uh, our, our one and only commissioner. But the bottom line is we are at a point which a lot of us, including me, were very, very, very doubtful that we would get to, which is baseball starting tomorrow. And so far, so good. There has been a lot of traveling, obviously, other than to and from locker rooms and to and from camps. But nobody testing positive within the teams. We'll see what happens when the ugliness of travel comes up uh, and if we can find some place for the Blue Jays to play. But so far, knock on wood, so good. With the summer training, as we are on the eve of yet another, although limited, limited baseball season.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the fear. And, and that's something that we've brought up on this show for several weeks now. Just taking a step back and looking at all the four professional sports, what they're trying to do to combat the coronavirus, and how successful most recently the NBA has been with its bubble testing everybody on Monday, July 20th, coming back with zero positive tests for any of its players. The players all bought into this. There's been a couple hymns and haws, but the majority, vast majority of them accepted this, know what this was all about, are doing everything that's asked of them as far as social distancing, wearing a mask, everything they need to do to make the bubble happen. And it's paid off. And we saw finally a couple scrimmages start to happen what the court is going to look like, what the game is going to look like. And it's not awful. It's it's not the worst thing in the world. I think for now they've done a very good job at what their product is going to be and at least what we've seen the product is going to be. And, and obviously they'll work out some kinks with some scrimmages. And we saw that with baseball as far as their scrimmages and exhibition games, though. Of course, it wouldn't be Major League Baseball if they still didn't black out several of the exhibition games and scrimmages from the fans watching, because why would, hard we, want to believe. To, why would we want people to be able to watch baseball?
1: It's still hard to believe that in this environment, with everything that's going on, with fans just absolutely starved, I mean, looking for that oasis in the desert, then what do we do? Let's black it out. It, it's truly hard to fathom. They would, they would still stoop to that uh, during this limited preseason and the thought of it at all when this country is, is just sports starved, famished for something to watch, something to root for. Not a lot that they can go to yet, but at least something to fill their time, their sports passions, etc. cetera. It finally starts tomorrow. I agree with you on the NBA 100%. So far, so good with respect to the bubble. They have shown that grownups and maturity doing the right thing, following the instructions, can at least beat this virus when you are internally isolated and you socially distance and you wear a mask when you don't. And if only the rest of the country could follow suit instead of acting like buffoons we would all be in a much better place and this pandemic would not be nearly as widespread in the states. It's exploded into Florida. Thank you, governor. Arizona. Thank you, governor. Texas. Thank you, governor, for opening early and even California, which made the huge mistake of opening back up far too early and which now is in dire straits. They are showing that. Wiser, cooler heads can prevail if you do what you are supposed to do, according to the those who know the science, those who know what there is to know about this disease, have told us, masks, distancing, masks, distancing is the best way to combat the spread of it. And they're doing it, and it's working. It's going to be goofy with no crowd, especially with the NBA, where they're so much a part of the game, and home and away, by such a factor. and the importance of players, bench players playing better at home than they do on the road, and the notorious, how can you possibly win a game seven on the road, home court being so important. Whereas in baseball, yes, they're a big part of the game, but I'm going to be able to live without it. I'll live without it regardless, but I think it's going to be much easier in baseball for one simple reason. You're so focused in baseball on two players. Yes, you watch the guy with the ball in basketball, but the ball moves around a lot quicker. The players move a lot around quicker. The big game goes back and forth a lot quicker. With baseball, you are so focused in on the pitcher and the batter, laser-like focus, that oftentimes you're looking at a pitcher throwing to a batter with some fans behind the plate, or in the case of Yankee Stadium, nobody behind the plate, because they're all downstairs in the luxury suite, stuff with their faces and drinking like banshees and nobody's ever behind the plate
0: anyway. Yeah. It was like a normal game. Two
1: or three people (laughs) want to be seen on TV. It was a normal game. It's not going to look that uncommon, but you know, and and I think as you touched on the NBA is doing things to combat that with the way they've set up the court and uh, the things they're doing to almost kind of enclose the court to make it look really funky and uh, limit the impact from a TV point of view.
0: Of not having fans. I didn't mind. At least I was watching the Yankee games for their three exhibitions. You were watching the Cardinals for my example. The Mets had the cutouts behind home plate and scattered across the stadium. The Yankees did not. I didn't mind the cutouts. I think you could have some fun with that. I didn't mind them in watching a couple of the Korean baseball organization games. They have them throughout the entire season. i, I got to ask you
1: a question, or else the old man's going to lose his train of thought. Right. Sorry to interrupt. Was, the Omar, was Omar Minaya a cutout, or was that really him sitting with the cutouts?
0: That I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I can't it confirm hysterical. or deny.
1: Either way, it was hysterical of Omar Minaya with a mask either as a cutout, or him sitting with the cutouts with a mask was awesome.
0: Yeah, that's the type of fun that, that they'll be able to have with it, and and we've seen some of that. Now, do I think the mascots for the teams have to subject themselves to 90 to 100-degree heat running up and down empty aisles? Not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. I'm not quite sure why they're out, why we need that, but I think the cutouts, at least as you mentioned, when you're just watching pitcher batter, you're so focused in on what's happening there that – It kind of just blends together in the background. So if you want to put that there, I have no problem with it. I think you can have a lot of fun with it with your fans. And since the MLB is so stingent on making every last dollar possible, now's an opportunity where you can ask the teams, hey, have a little fundraiser. We'll put something together on social media. You want to get your cutout in the stadium $5, $10, Five dollars, ten dollars, whatever is going to be donated to wherever, and we'll put you in whatever seat. And you could pay to be in X seat, and they'll make some money from it. We'll see if well, that's the way to are, go about. The it.
1: Mets are selling them. Yeah,
0: we haven't seen it from all teams. I'm wondering if if maybe at some point they'll decide that they want to do that. And, hey, I think it's get great your idea. mug in the stadium. Right? Exactly. It's it's no effort aside from. Printing out the cardboard cutouts and putting them there,
1: and it raises some revenue for the owners who are exactly. telling us, you know, that they're going to lose so much damn money. Do whatever we can now. Do we have to put advertising on the field? No. That that do sell the seats, sell the cutouts. Enough for the advertising on the field. We do not need advertising on the field. That bastardization. It's taking it a bit too far. you got signage everywhere. They've even gone to putting stuff on the uniforms, which is sacrilegious to me. Now are you going to put it on the field? I don't think so. Please. Right, show me some decorum. Show me you're not after every freak. Now, perish the thought that they're not after every damn time. Sell the damn cutouts. Fill the place. As I said before, fill the parking lot. Sell parking spaces where people can go. So many per car. So much a car spaced 10, 15 feet away per car load, put the game on the big screen in the lot, and the players can hear the fans in the lot. Just like when uh, Toronto is playing in basketball or baseball or hockey, and you show them in the square with the crowd going goofy, and and other cities too, but this way you can distance, you can sit on the hood of your car, 10 feet away, got to wear a mask, you can sell so many bucks a car. You can raise money that way, and the, and the players can hear the fans outside. You can have the mascots, the car the car loads of fans, in, 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 in histrionics. Come on. Let's be inventive here. Let's race. People will go. People will go in there and drive in baseball. That's my idea. Let's fly. Let's watch. Let's go.
0: You can have the vendors, too, selling whatever they sell, going up and down the the rows of cars.
1: Absolutely.
0: Let's go. I'm you just got to limit
1: the number of beers because they're driving.
0: Right. And don't charge what you normally do to park in general for a ball game where it's 50 bucks just to watch this game on a screen.
1: Be a little generous. No, but, but remember, we'll if you've got four or five people a car. That's true. All right. So you, you charge. You know, if, if, you're, if you're charging, even if you're charging 50 bucks, it's 50 bucks to go with the car load. Watch the game. All right. You're not paying to get in.
0: Aside, you're from, aside from the seats from what you and granted, these were scrimmages slash exhibitions. But I mean, they they took them seriously. This was the quote unquote summer training. These were real games to these players. There were some funny quirks like innings ending. But the Phillies, for example, deciding to keep their pitcher out there for one more batter, which happened to be Aaron Judge. And he hit a home run games ending in ties, rain delays, whatever that may be. But from the small product that we saw, anything that sticks out to you differently? Or I think from what we're going to see when opening day kicks off, aside from the empty seats, this is going to be baseball as far as we know it, aside from, as you mentioned, the DH and some of the, the little tweaks that they made for the
1: rules. But for the most part, this is baseball. Look, at these guys are the best in the world at what they do. To be that. You've got to have pride. If you're going to go out there and play, you're not going to want to embarrass yourself, which means you have to play with pride. You have to play hard. Everybody's still playing for contracts. Remember, this season counts in terms of dollars. This season counts in terms of major league service. This season counts in terms of um, you know, pro rata, incentive clauses, etc. So to my knowledge, So everybody is going to be, and plus you have to remember everybody is out there with a renewed hope because it's a sprint. I mean, what happens tonight? If we wake up tomorrow and they've reached a deal where it's 16 teams per league and the Marlins find a way to go 28 and 32, they're in. And I've heard people say, well, you know, this is going to blow because teams that are out of it early, will just pack it in just the opposite. The teams that are out of it early are going to be able to go to the kids early and we're going to see young kids working hard playing hard fighting for jobs now and for next year so i think it is not a double-edged sword i think it's a double-edged benefit for everybody because nobody can be that far out of it and for the few teams that are if it's veterans teams those veterans are out because they're not getting paid that much money because we can pay it on a pro rata basis so you don't have to keep a guy in the lineup because he's getting paid, that works both for the teams that are in the hunt and the teams that are already done. But you have no justification for playing a guy who's overpaid and underperforming. If you're good and in the hunt, you can't afford to do it, and you have to have a manager who says to his team before, "Look, fellas, nothing personal, but I, I, we don't have time. Every day is game management. Every day is no tomorrow. I can't afford unless you know uh, we're 12 games ahead. Unless we're out of the box, 20 and five. You know, if you're one for 25, your ass is on the bench. I don't care how much money you make. Can't afford it. Can't wait. Two or three bad start, two or three bad uh, outings out of the pen. You got to go to the back of the line. Got plenty of arms. Can't afford to give a game away. Can't afford to worry about you know game 150 because tomorrow is game 102, 103. That's the deal. I'm excited as a Cardinal fan because I always look at. Where am I at the all-star break? I don't have to be in first place. I want to be in striking distance at the all-star break. Well, it's after the all-star break, and I'm tied for first place. I've weathered the storm. Now, so has everybody else, but I think I got really good pitching. I got deep young arms in the pen. I can't hit much, but I've got great defense, and I'm going to run the bases like terrors. To me, in a short season where – Defense is always important, and run prevention is always important, and I think the pitchers will be ahead of the hitters. I will take that opportunity and run with it like a thief in the night.
0: Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's
1: Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Now, we're going to have to make predictions on each division. We're going to have to make predictions on wild cards. We're going to, have to make World Series predictions. But before we get to that, I want a quick synopsis from you as we get ready to start what's left of an eight-game NBA season in terms of anybody make any noise to jump into the eighth spot, Pelicans, with or without Williamson, Blazers, who do you like, Seeds, etc.
0: For me, and I'm sure for you as Lakers fans, it's just no one else get hurt. No one else have to leave. (laughs) Dwight Howard, wear your damn mask so you don't fuck anything up because apparently he's an anti-mask, anti-vaxxer, anti-everything person. Relax. Just take a breath. Just take a breath, and we'll see what happens. It's exciting to think about. It's unfortunate for the teams that are in the contention to make the postseason that they have such a small sample size now to be able to do so. And for the teams that maybe would have been okay and now have the pressure put on them of, Jesus, we have to win six of these games because if we don't, this other team's going to overtake us and we'll be out. I think it's interesting for both sides. The team's trying to get in and the team's trying to hold them off just because we don't know how this is going to go for the play of the teams that we saw when this started, when this pandemic happened, and when the season was put on pause because there were a ton of teams that we just assumed, well, this is – we we could basically write the postseason at that point, and we pretty much still can. But like you said, for those eight-seeded teams, are the New Orleans Pelicans going to be that team that – The NBA, giving them a little shove, like, you know, we'd like to see you guys in there. Fortunately for them, Zion is gone right now from the bubble as we speak. He has to come back. He has to quarantine. Things happen in life. Pat Beverly's had to leave. Some players have unfortunately had to leave and and will have to come back and be put back into the bubble and, and make sure that this thing keeps going. I'm, I guess, most interested in the back end of the West because it most impacts the Lakers, assuming that they keep the one seed. But other than that, I, I don't, I mean, for the East, it's like, it's the Bucks. basically. <laughs> they're they're going to be the team that comes out of it for me. It, it's, I guess, who are the Lakers going to play? I guess that's where we should have our focus Before on
1: we get to our Lakers, I truly believe that for the first time in forever, even though it's a very deep league, I actually think that the top four or five teams in the East are stronger than the top four or five teams in the West. Overall, in terms of depth, uh, in terms of who can go to the finals, who can win a championship. I know Milwaukee is very good. I know they've run and hit with the one seed. However, I think Philly is very dangerous, not having to play on the road. I absolutely believe Boston is dangerous because uh, they've got a great coach and they're much better without Ky- Kyrie Irving, uh, who I thought was a cancer on that team. Whether or not their point guards, knee holds up, I think, is huge because he's become the leader of that team. Tatum's getting better all the time. Um, they're deep. They're athletic. And then we've got the defending champs who nobody wants to talk about and the coach of the year, who just has done an astounding job in two seasons as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. One, winning a championship after a disappointing prior season will cost their coach their job, down 2 over the Bucs, winning four straight, knocking off, yes, the injured Warriors, but the Warriors nonetheless. And having another great season, somewhat shortened, but still in great shape, and healthy for the, the end of the regular season, the postseason. Uh, you know, Nick Nurse is going to be coach of the year again, and he just does not get enough credit for doing a fabulous job. I do not think they will go down without a, a big time fight. They play hard. They're winners. They're gritty. They're tough as nails. I think they will play every bit as hard, and they will seek to defend. as hard as as they sought to win their championship last year. I'm not going to say they come out of the East, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as easy a road for Milwaukee as everybody else seems to think that it is. Uh, I think that it's going to be a very, very tough road. I think those teams are going to really, really put together an excellent Eastern playoff run, especially, you know, from the semis, I think the semis are going to be excellent. I don't think before we get to the semis, it's going to be tough. In the West, you know, people love Denver. I don't. Uh, I I know Jokic is a terrific player, but he, he's still lumbering. Not sold on him as a defender. I know Dallas can score a ton, but they can't defend at all. Their wonderful young guard seems to get hurt a lot. He can't guard a statue. Uh, They're very weak defensively. I think that will show in the playoffs. The Rockets are intriguing. They really are, but they're seed. These eight games for the Rockets are huge. Where are they going to be? Are they going to be a six? Are they going to be a three? I don't know. Lakers are locked into the one that bodes well for them. And, you know, the seldom seen kid. We know the NBA did this for two reasons. One to see if we get the Pelicans into the playoffs and, you know, 1A to get 70 games in for money purposes. But again, Zion, nowhere to be found, left the bubble with a family health issue. You always hope everybody's okay, no serious problems. But, you know, so far, everywhere Zion goes, you know, the inability to be available continues. Duke, beginning of the season, again, great specimen, Great athleticism, wonderful skill set, chance to be a super duper star. The name fits. Gotta play, kid. Gotta be out there. Availability. So far, an F in terms of availability. Not saying you won't be a superstar, but can't be one, can't get out on the court. And I don't see the Pels, even though I like their roster a lot, I don't see them making up that. Big a gap in that short amount of time against the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies will be the 8th seed. I don't think the Pels catch them. Uh, I don't think there'll be any 8-9 play in uh, best 2 out of 3 series where the nine team has to win uh, 2 and the other one has to win 1.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's basically 3 teams chasing 1, assuming just because of where the Grizzlies stand with They have 32 wins. The Mavericks in seventh have 40 along with the Rockets and the Thunder. So if you're the Blazers and the Pelicans and (laughs) the Kings also have 28 wins, (laughs) the Spurs also have 27. So technically I guess they're still alive, but I think the team that you have to try to go after is the Grizzlies and hope for the best. Obviously assuming that there's not an incredible fallout and the Mavericks just don't win any of the games that they play. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be exciting and it'll be fun. I think what's beneficial for this too is that people can get re-involved with basketball, accept the changes, get excited, enjoy the product because the majority of the teams are, are in. They're good.
1: They're, they're And oh, by, by the way. So you don't have to worry about
0: it, sweating out like, oh, my God, are we going to make the postseason? You're in. It's, right. it's a seed here. It's a seed there. Let's just get used to what we're seeing. So then by the time the postseason comes – It'll be that much better.
1: And, and oh, by the way, you know, if you're not into it because you don't like it, oh yeah, I can watch hockey nonstop, or I can watch baseball nonstop. You're gonna have let's for for once, excuse me, for once, let's leave the National Football League out of the mix just for once, for a few minutes, for a half hour, because you're gonna have three sports going. Full throttle, one with a sprint of a shortened season at 60 games, and headed for the playoffs where every game literally matters, a la college football. And you're going to have two major sports running their playoffs like they always do at the same time, along with Major League Baseball and then the postseason. You're going to have more sports you can shake a stick at than you can shake. You you went from an Im- absolute, like I said, you went from the desert to the oasis. We now have the fountain of riches and that doesn't even count the national football league, which hopefully will come later. It's a treasure trove of sports. So grab onto something. It's going to be there nonstop any time of day, anyone you want, turn it on, stay up all night, knock yourself out. If you're a gambler, be smart. Don't blow the mortgage payment you bet with your head not over it. But everybody, have a blast. We've been patient. We deserve it.
0: Unless you don't like kneeling in sports during the national anthem because apparently if if you're, I don't know, running the country, you're out. You're not watching those sports anymore. So it's it's going to be a long rest of the summer and early fall if that's the case and probably will continue throughout, I don't know, all of this year's sports and into next. So if you're that person or persons, We can't help you. We tried. We have everything on a platter for you. We can't help you. Part of that platter, as we mentioned, kicks off on Thursday. We're recording this the night before Thursday when Major League Baseball holds its opening day. Just to put everything in perspective, we've been mentioning the pessimistic side of things with the difficulty baseball might face in the travel aspect of things because All teams still want to have games at their home stadiums. There's no makeshift bubble in a two-hour radius or a one-hour radius, wherever that may be. They're still going to travel, though they'll be on each other's coasts, which I still don't know how much that's going to help based on what we've seen. If you look at a map of where the hotspots are in the country, it doesn't quite matter what coast you're on. If you go higher up, it could get better. If you go lower, it could get worse. But they're trying. They're doing the little bits that they can. We don't have a home for one of the teams. The Toronto Blue Jays were rightly so, told by Canada, you're not coming in and out of here for your baseball season. Pittsburgh said, hey, maybe you guys could come down here. And then Pennsylvania oh, said, you, can, you nah, can, we're
1: you can, co- you can come here. You just can't leave. <laughs> you
0: just can't leave. Which would be uh, probably something difficult to figure out. So they still don't have a home and start off their opening day Friday. Thankfully, they're on the road. July 29th was supposed to be their first home game against the Nationals. We'll see what happens with the Toronto Blue Jays. Just fascinating. All of this is going on, and the Blue Jays are on a bus somewhere just driving around in circles. Like, where can we park?
1: bring me up to date on what the latest is with a potential shuffle off to Buffalo. I know that the facility doesn't have everything that they need from a major league standpoint. Is Buffalo back in the mix since Pittsburgh has said we've got too much of an outbreak here that, uh, you know, we can allow the Pirates team opponents to come in, but we can't allow you to come in and play teams from the East. So they've got to limit uh, the ballpark to visitors from the NL and AL Central. Nobody from the AL Central is allowed. It doesn't uh, make a lot of sense. figure that one out, but, you know, so be it. Health reasons, I I can't sit there and dispute someone's health reasons. That's what it feels the best interest of the folks. Pittsburgh, so be it. Uh, I I heard Buffalo's facility, obviously, even though it's their AAA facility, is not equipped from uh, training rooms, uh, weight rooms. Most importantly, the lights, I've heard, are not major league quality. And that is a big problem. To me, that's the biggest problem at all. The other stuff you're grin and bear, but if you can't play the game under the proper circumstance, under under the proper environment, in in terms of the setting and your ability to see the baseball, um, to me, that's a huge problem. Obviously, they talked about potentially Dunedin, where their A facility is totally uh, modern and up to the needs from the training facility and the field, et cetera. So, but that's right in the heart of, you know, the pandemic where Florida's is blown up and obviously it's not the bubble. So that poses a problem. So are, are those two sites back in the mix?
0: Yeah, I think they have to be from the latest I've heard. It's, it's the same points that you mentioned where they're fearful that their Buffalo stadium isn't up to par with what they would want from a major league baseball standpoint. And not just, the clubhouse will obviously be smaller the facilities the bullpens those types of things but the lighting i think is their biggest worry they'd have to find a way to bring in additional lighting and and sort of make those typical things up to par not necessarily i mean it's a baseball field they're still going to be it's a diamond it's fine that part of it works it's the logistics for we do need lighting whether or not they're in comfortable clubhouses that's also a concern for the social distancing aspect, maybe not having the distance that you'd want, your players to have the coaching staff, etc so I don't, I don't know if they're going to end up there or if another team is is going to maybe take them in, but as of now, they're in flux as of this recording, they have no answers on as of
1: MLB on on Sunday on MLB with Monsieur on the front office and Monsieur' uh, ducat. And Bowden, I suggested my hometown team, Uh, the Rochester Red Wings, the Minnesota AAA uh, and longtime Oriole AAA uh, affiliate, which has a relatively new ballpark. Frontier Field was built in 96. Beautiful facility. Not that it matters. It holds 10,000, which doesn't matter how much it holds. But the lighting facilities are first class. Everything about it is terrific. Uh, But during the show, during my call, uh, JB said that he actually texted and got a thumbs down. That Rochester was not in the mix. <laughs> he didn't offer me the key to the city.
0: He mentioned your name at least.
1: Hometown,
0: if he if but, mentioned your uh, name, maybe he would have got a thumbs up. I don't know. He Rochester the ball. was
1: not in the mix, and I thought it would be at least running up the flagpole. But there were there were no salutes from the folks in Toronto, and maybe not Rochester. Who knows? But and obviously they've had a very low infection rate there. It being in upstate New York, way upstate, uh, and obviously right down the road, uh, ninety miles from Buffalo. So it really is a quandary as we are on the, uh, on the eve of major league baseball, that a major league baseball team has nowhere to play. So, I mean, where are these poor vagabonds going to go?
0: And, and no matter what the scenario is that they settle on, it's still not going to be the same. Even though you're playing in an empty stadium, it still is your stadium. You know, the nooks and crannies of the field and where you go before and after the game, you get in a routine For these guys, no matter where they end up, there's going to get a lot of awkwardness in the beginning of just getting used to this new stadium. And by the time they somewhat have it figured out, the season's going to be over. You only have half a season to be playing these home games. I
1: think they're going to wind up in Dunedin.
0: Yeah, that might be it. Maybe they go to Buffalo and and just try to play day games like they're the old Cubs. Or they're going to be the team that only plays on the road. One of those types of scenarios. It's not great no matter what.
1: That creates big problems yeah. from a, you know, scheduling standpoint because, right. uh, you know, I, I, how do you, how do you play all your games on? The, you're flip flopping all those games. Now, right. granted, you were going to play those teams, so the stadium's going to you, you assume the stadium's going to be available. That they wouldn't have any other events booked there because of the pandemic. So anything else that was supposed to be there while that team was on the road, you would think would be canceled because no fans are allowed. So that means the ballpark will be open. So you play your home games against your division rivals in their ballpark, and you play your home games against your division rivals or met division matchup from the other league in their ballpark. So obviously their ballpark would be up because they were supposed to be you. So yes, you play all your home games on the road. It's certainly doable. It fits. and it may be the most simple and the most logical and the safest of all the options.
0: And I mean, at, at this point, right, they only have a week to figure it out before their first home game was going to happen. It's not like they have a lot of time to call these stadiums like telemarketers and see if they'll open their doors. They're running out of time and, and they have to accommodate the other teams as well that they're going to play. So just,
1: and it's unfortunate. Remember- in terms of what you just mentioned, they're going to have, uh, yeah, they got a lot of young players, but most have had a a taste of major league baseball. So there is going to be some familiarity in that all these ballparks, they, they play on in the road. So no, it's not a home park, but at least they're familiar with it to some degree. It's not totally a foreign ballpark to them. So, It has that advantage to it as well, but it certainly is incredibly odd. And for it to happen this late is just another, you know, I don't want to call another asterisk, but just another case, as as I said before, the world has an asterisk. And this is just, just yet one more example of, you know, the funkadelic season we are about to begin tomorrow, which also means since we're about to begin this extraordinary season tomorrow. It's time for the new report, old report, MLB postseason predictions.
0: Well, first of all, if anybody listening can make us a the world has an asterisk shirt at London Bridge on Twitter, shout out the show, let us know. We'll get the patent ready for you guys and we'll start printing shirts for the podcast the world has an asterisk. We don't
1: even need the word asterisk because it's hard enough to spell. All you have to do is the world has, and, and then just put the asterisk. Exactly. Right smack dab in the middle of the shirt. See that? Boom. Boom. That, that'll that be the biggest rage since the Catholics versus the Communists.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And it's going to be better, I can tell you now, than what my predictions are going to be for the baseball season. So the, the shirt idea is to use a terrible pun. Now trumping everything that's going to happen from now to the end of the show. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report. Old report here on sports radio America. We welcome you back. on John Lund. He's Al Renato. And this is the new report. Old report. Let's start in your division. Let's, of course. Let's start in the
1: junior circuit, the team that's favored to win 57 games out of their 60, all right, with two guys that Yankee fans say will combine for 60 home runs and 60 games, 30 each, all right, the the new Bash brothers, who if they can stay on the field, and do amazing things. The question is, can they stay on the field? Let's start with the AL East. Give me your order of finish, in the AL East. Top to bottom.
0: <laughs> Even though we just ripped the Blue Jays without having a stadium, I don't I still don't think that they'll finish worse than the Baltimore Orioles. But I mean that's that's just being mean to Baltimore. To start at the top, the the fear I have for this season for the New York Yankees is obviously the health of the team, but surprisingly, I think at least at certain positions the depth is there and they're trying to put guys around at different positions to make sure the depth is there everywhere assuming that last season somewhat happens this year and guys just get hurt at inopportune times I, I think the question mark is the pitching staff no Severino no Domingo Herman, obviously who I don't know what his future is. He kind of teased retirement and then said, no, and he still has to serve his suspension by games. He didn't get off as easily as some Astros cheaters do with just the year. That's nice. That's the fear for me is the, is the starting. Let let me just
1: interject with that. That rule needs to be changed.
0: Oh, absolutely. That that's going to, I'm going to be so angry at that when like you remember that it's suspended
1: for a number of games for violating the uh, drug policy or obviously the domestic abuse policy. Or you got pine tar they, on
0: your neck or glove.
1: But they steal a title and cheat for an extended period of time and they're suspended for a season. Every suspension now has to come with it a specific number of games.
0: Right. If you say season, you have to say... One hundred and sixty two
1: games, 62 games. That's Absolutely. all.
0: And it's and it's yep. it's three numbers, because, you know, as a lawyer, they're they're going to fight tooth and nail and say, well, you never specifically said one hundred and sixty two games. You just said season. So y'all played a season, 60 games. What's the problem? Uh, just terrible. Not circumstances. our fault. Exactly. Terrible circumstances. Now, none of us know that a global pandemic was coming, but all you have to do is add three numbers and we would never have this problem. And the
1: other guys get host. Exactly.
0: It makes. The other guys have to
1: sit out longer.
0: It's just three numbers.
1: Because they got to do all their games.
0: Anyway, I'm picking the Yankees, but it's. We digress. It's the fear is the starting pitching. I think we'll see once they get to the third starter, them really going deep into the bullpen type of games as they've sort of done in the past. I think bullpen is the strength. And you just kind of are going to put your weight on the lineup. Hope everyone stays healthy. Hope you're averaging four to five runs a game. And that'll kind of combat the problems your pitching staff has. I think the sleeper team in the division, which is no surprise is the Tampa Bay rays who have quietly been a very good baseball team for the past several years in a season of unexplainable circumstances that we haven't seen 60 games where risks are going to have to be taken on both sides, offensively and defensively. The Rays are usually somewhat a step ahead of the curve of trends in baseball of, wow, they're starting a reliever to start the game. Who would have thought? They're usually ahead of the curve. And if there's a team that's going to just try shit and see if it hits in a short season and maybe do it successfully, I think it's the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they've got a strong pitching staff you just hope the hitting's there every day, but it might not need to be with the strong pitching staff. And they might just screw around and mess around with their lineups, their D eight, who knows what they're going to do. And I think it could work for them in a 60 game sample size. If there's a team that could figure this out, like the wonkiness of it, it's the Rays. I think the Red Sox are going to suck this year. Blue Jays, three Red Sox, four Orioles, five.
1: Here's the thing that I find intriguing. This is no longer the cute little Rays. The great organization. Now they're being picked to do something. All right. Not sneak up on anybody. There are people picking to actually win the division. And at the very least, challenge for the division and be not a wildcard contender, a legit wildcard, period. End of story. They've done it in the past but they've always done it with a very limited expectation level. Now they're expected to be a team that wins 35 games and be in the postseason. They're great organization, great drafting, terrific young starting pitching. Uh, look, can Charlie Morton keep doing this? Your guess is as good as mine because I can't believe he's done what he's done. I laughed when the Astros paid him what they paid him. All right. But they should be right there in the mix for certainly a wild card I just think the Yankees have too much strength offensively and depth in a short season. Because with me, the, the Achilles heel of the Yankees is just that it's the injury prone st- scenario uh, and nature of their stars. Stanton always hurt, Judge hurt far too frequently. Um, I, I, I think that they can combat that with one, the shortened season, two, the depth. And you mentioned the starting pitching. Well, in a shortened season, your starters can go deeper because they don't have nearly as many starts. And you can use your bullpen more because you're nearly as many as games. Right. So the strength is their bullpen. The weakness is their starting pitching and or the depth of it. So I think in both facets, it, the shortened season helps them immensely because it won't be nearly as much of a strain on their starting pitching because they can force guys to go a little deeper into games, to rest the bullpen some, and the bullpen won't get taxed because they're not going 162 games. So I would be shocked if they didn't win that division by obviously a much lower number with 60 games. But I I think they're gonna win that division by four or five games. I think they're gonna win around 40, 42 games. 40 and 20, 41 and 19. Uh there's just too many weapons offensively, regardless of whether or not Luke Voigt does what he does, or Your guy. The little third or the wonderful little third baseman does what he did with the bat last year he's he's brilliant defensively he's exactly what they need defensively it allows everybody else uh to just play because you know they know on the left side they've got a guy who's just a genius with the glove and he's rock solid nothing changes with him every approach every game same approach at the plate love the way he plays uh even if he doesn't post the same kind of numbers offensively he's a rock solid defensively and they have the into our kid who basically they can plug and play anywhere because his bat talks. I mean, just, he can just hit, he can rake. I go Yankees Rays. you know, I, the Red Sox won't be in the postseason hunt. I don't think they're gonna be as bad as you say, because they can hit. I love Bogarts. He's the most underrated player in the league. If you Look at his numbers last year. He had an astounding season, but he won't have bets back in the lineup this year. Uh, you know, to knock in, <laughs> their pitching stinks. Um, Evaldi is their, is their number one starter to me is, is a train wreck. They, overpaid <laughs> them. Uh, th- they still may sneak out third. I don't know for sure. I think they'll be nose and nose with the Jays. And obviously we know where the Orioles are going to finish. All right, let's move to the central, which I think will be an incredibly uh, hard fought division. Even though Minnesota won a t- ton of games last year, and wound up walking away from the Indians. Uh, everybody likes the White Sox. I do too. I think the Kopech decision not to play does hurt them. But the White Sox are going to score a ton of runs. You know, Watch some of these young players. Along with their slugging veteran first baseman. Who came back uh, and said, I want to be the leader of this team. Uh, they brought in uh, you know, the catcher who I don't love. But everybody else seems to. Uh, If you look at his postseason numbers, they're a joke. He's one of the most postseason hitters uh, in qualified number of bats in the history of the game. But everybody seems to love him as a framer and a receiver. Um, Their bullpen is pretty solid. It's not great. I think they're going to contend, but I think the Twins are just going to be much too much. I like the Indians a lot. I just don't see enough offense, and I thought they lost uh, a little bit in the starting pitching I still think they're be contention for a wild card because they have one of the best players in the game in Lindor and some good young players that they've added uh, the San Diego trade. They brought in the big outfielder who I think will help from a power perspective. But I think this is Minnesota's division. Uh, I think they will be in the high thirties. I think the White Sox will fight for a wild card at around 32, 33 wins, which could put you in the mix. Although I don't think it's going to cut it. Uh, so I'm going to go. Minnesota, Chicago, Cleveland, uh, and then you can flip a coin. I'll go Kansas City, Detroit.
0: Yeah, I mostly agree. I'll go a little faster, too, since I don't really know that much about baseball. You're the baseball guy in the show, and we got to get time to have the NL Central in, obviously. But I, if I had to pick, like we were filling out a tournament bracket for the NCAA tournament, this would be the upset division, if you will, just because this central is always seemingly up for grabs in general from year to year or from several years to several years. So I will go with the white Sox just because of the 60 game season. Wow. And that's, that's my sleeper upset Cinderella esque pick that they'll just win the division outright. And
1: the Indians the white and Sox twins will battle. So the two best non real nicknames of any franchise in the pale hose, which I love and the chai socks. I love the Nick. I I love the pale hose. Yeah. That doesn't offend anybody. Does it?
0: I don't think not yet. (laughs) Not yet. And Tim Anderson Um, enjoys hitting home runs. He has fun when he does it as one.
1: Absolutely. He is fun to watch. Keep an eye eye on Robert. Everybody talks about this guy being the second coming. Uh, And, you know, with him, Jimenez, uh, they, they can obviously, you know, Anderson, are you talking about coming off the bag Got a Gordette, Grandal. If their starting pitching is decent, they're going to be right in the wild card hunt. To the west we go. Uh, can anyone topple the Cheaters?
0: Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be so good for baseball if the Angels could just fucking do something with the best player of my generation? The next generation, Gen Z, who's every generation the almost MVP just every year. Wouldn't it be nice to get Mike Trout into a postseason, folks? I, I, I don't think, I don't think this is the year. I don't, I don't know if the year will ever come. But in a sixty-game stretch, just ride him, Otani, and pull Holson, pray that you could beat the A's out, maybe for a wild card
1: spot. I,
0: I, I don't know how you. would you don't have the Astros win the division, though, as much as I can't wait for them to just get hit. I'd love to see Albert in one and more hit. postseason.
1: Yeah, it'd be great. be great story. I, I, just, I just don't see how they're going to pitch well enough when the Astros took a huge hit with their pitching, but they also brought Lance McCullers Jr. back, so th- their pitching's still going to be pretty good. It's not going to be nearly as good as it was, um, but they've got a solid big three. We know about their offense, cheating notwithstanding. I don't see how they and the A's are not one to with the loser being one of the wild cards. Yeah, I agree
0: Sadly, though. Uh, it would be a great story for the sport if it was the angels. Now, unfortunately there's nobody to watch them in person once the post comes around, but having them on TV, having people know who Mike Trout is, oh, it'd be great to, to the, the Na- NL East national
1: league. Where the Mets took a hit today, Stroman torn calf. That could be half that could be half the half the season.
0: Torn it's calf.
1: is five, five six starts.
0: This is the Mets, folks. On the eve of opening day, torn calf to one of your star pitchers. Mother of God. They can't catch a break.
1: If it can go wrong, it will. Um I Still like the Braves because despite the fact that they lost the leadership of Nick Marcakis and uh, Puig came and went, uh, I still think they've got plenty of offense. Remember, they added Ozuna. It allows them to DH uh, their young kid who really is, is is not very strong defensively no matter where they put him. Um I don't like the starting pitching. Everybody else seems to like the starting pitching. I don't, Uh, whether it's Fulton Avich or whatever you want to plug in there. I think the starting young starting pitch is overrated. The bullpen is improved and deep, although I've never liked Mark Melanson as your closer, but I think they will score enough runs to win that division. Washington will not score nearly as many runs. They've lost a lot of offense, but they still got the tremendous big three. Um Phillies intriguing Girardi huge plus at the managerial spot brings a great deal of leadership can't stand their starting pitching mediocre pen uh, to me that's your one two three the Mets for the Marlins fifth
0: with the 100% I think the Braves are going to be exciting offensively I think the Nationals help themselves defensively as you mentioned that big three pitching staff, not one that I want to face. Incredibly similar to what the Yankees were able to have when they won the 2009 World Series, where you just throw those three out there and and ride their arms. Thankfully, it's only a 60-game season. You might be able to do that much better than you would in a regular season, especially with Strasburg sometimes getting hurt at inopportune times. Now you're going to have to rely on those guys, but I agree. Your one, two, three is... Basically, how I see it too, Gerard is going to the be great to the Phillies
1: and the NL Central. I'll let you go first.
0: Uh, Cardinals, is that what you want me to say? <laughs> uh, let's let's see, because the Central is fun in both leagues. <laughs> A lot of people are picking the Reds, Al, to uh, to win the Central.
1: I understand that. I understand that pick. And then the
0: next team is the Brewers to be their uh, their number two in the Central. That's just something we have not seen for quite a long time. The Reds and Brewers leading out the Cardinals, the Cubs. Who would have thought? Should I just go chalking by what everybody says about the Reds? I do think the Reds are going to be exciting. And I do think they have an opportunity to do such. (sighs) Let me take the Brewers to win the division. And then I, I think it's it's going to be similar to the other central, where it's it's not one team so much more ahead of the other, unless you are going to tell me the Cardinals are going to be god awful this
1: year. Now remember, this was a division last year that was you know hard fought uh, amongst the big three. Now you've got the Reds in there, deep starting pitching. Uh, you know the, the return uh, to excellence of Sonny Gray. We will see if the incredibly controversial starter uh, who came over from the Indians and couldn't get anybody out and is in his walk year. All right, uh, We'll step back up to the way he was as an Indian uh, and be a force in the NL central because he really, really struggled last year. And of course we're talking about Trevor Bauer. He of the Bauer hour uh, on Emma, uh, the MLB network. He was terrible, quite frankly, in the national league. Um, I think the Reds will be right in the mix. I don't like the Brewers. I don't like their starting pitching. Um, they have the best player in the division. They have one of the five best players in baseball, Christian Yelich. He's a super duper star, but he can't do it by himself. And I think the Cubs' 15 minutes are up. I don't like their starting pitching at all. Uh, I can't stand their bullpen. They've got a lot of offense, their defense is mediocre. It just doesn't seem to mesh or mix. I think the DH will help them so they can finally put short with the DH spot. Um, We'll see how having the MVP now in the leadoff spot works. So that's a spot that has been uh, really a zero for them since Dexter Fowler left and went over to the Cardinals where he's been a zero for the Cardinals. But I do like the Cardinals to win the division because I'm a homer. No, I'm not a homer, but they have the best starting pitching, far and away in this division. Uh, the Reds are second. They have an incredibly deep bullpen, uh, despite the loss of Jordan Hicks, both left side and right side. They have the best defense in the division. They're not going to score a lot of runs, but they're athletic. They will be flying on the base, the top and the bottom. And we'll see what Paul Goldschmidt and uh, DeYoung and uh, the newly minted middle order of the bat, Matt Carpenter, can do in the 5-0 as the full-time DH where he belongs. I like the Cardinals to win this in a very hard-fought, three-team race uh, with the Reds and sneak the Cubs in there since it's only 60 games. But I like the Cardinals to win it with about 35, 36, maybe 37 wins. To the West we go. I'm going first because I picked the Los Angeles Dodgers to be the best team in baseball. I think they'll have the highest win total in baseball, and they signed Mookie Betts to a 27-year, $8 billion contract today. (laughs) So he's a happy camper. They have the best combination of not MVP caliber, but MVPs, flat-out MVPs in the sport. In my mind, I tried. I racked my brain. I couldn't come up with anybody that had this kind of two guys at the same time who were the five-thing superstars at the same time in their prime, hit for average, hit for power, run, throw, field. It was Kurt Gowdy's measurement of a superstar. I couldn't come up with it. A fellow attorney at work was a couple years old. I man, a huge Met fan did. He gave me Griffey and A-Rod. He's right. This is the best combo of do-everything stars in their prime, in their youth that I can think of since those guys. The starting pitching is terrific. Kershaw's back and healthy. Ferris Bueller takes no days off. They are going to be rock loaded, ready. Easily 40 wins. I'm going to say the Dodgers go 42 and 18 and lap that division. Everybody else, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, everything you said. Next
1: <laughs> World Series predictions.
0: I'd like to go chalk and say the Yankees Dodgers, so I will, because I'm a Homer New York Yankees fan, and everything you said about the Dodgers should also carry over into the postseason. Like if they. It would almost, I don't want to say epic collapse because, as we've coined on this show, the world has an asterisk. So, a lot of things are going to happen this year, unfortunately, some good, some bad. God forbid players start testing positive throughout the Dodgers organization and it derails the entire season. And we'll we'll wonder what if. But if everything goes right for every team in the league, you still can't, you'd have a hard time arguing that it's still not the Dodgers coming out of the National League.
1: I'm going to say the Yankees get their revenge on the Astros in a hard fought ALCS and the Dodgers just roll over the league Yeah, from beginning to end. Doesn't matter who they play in the NLCS. I'm going to say it's going to be the Braves just to throw a team out there. It could be my team. It could be the Reds. It could be the Phillies, whoever it is. And I'm going to go like you with a Dodger, yankee world series and we'll save our predictions for who's going to win it for next week to give our listeners something to look forward to because i don't think our predictions are going to take any heat a week into the you know four or five games into the season
0: i don't think so either but it's exciting that we have a season upon us and just to put everything into perspective again as we like to sometimes do on the show july th- july 23rd will be the season opener for major league baseball we've been Given the opportunity to watch other baseball leagues play, specifically the Korean Baseball Organization in South Korea, which got its first coronavirus positive test the same day as the United States got its first positive coronavirus test. If you want to know how many baseball games their league has played compared to ours, the answer is 67. And we have a 60 game season to look forward to. After the dust has finally settled Thursday, Friday, the rest of July, and hopefully long into the cold, cold winter. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week.
1: And remember, as I told everybody who would listen last week, the good news was in New York, it was going to be in the mid nineties all weekend. We've got the same kind of weekend coming in the Northeast. So by Monday, like our president said, virus should be all gone. For my partner, the great John Tiny Lund, I am Alpha White Plains. Have a great and safe sports week, everybody.
0: We'll be back at 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well, or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.